0: Here's the big question, how is it that most entrepreneurs hustle and are always busy and struggle to take just one step forward only to fall two steps back? They're dedicated, determined and driven, but only a few finally break through and win. This show uncovers those quantum leap patterns of highly successful people so you can simply model what they do and apply to your future success. That's the question and the answers are right here. My name is Brigitte Höfele, and this is the Success Patterns Show. And welcome everyone to the Success Pattern Show. My name is Brigitte Höfele. I am the founder of the Success Pattern Movement and I am the CEO of the Center of NLP and you are in for a treat today because we got a great ex- guest expert. Now I say this every week and every week it is true and every week it is someone very very special that carves out time to be with us. Now um, before I introduce our guest expert of Today, I want to go into really quick success patterns because people ask me, Birgitta, what are success patterns? Well, we all have patterns. We all run our life in a program, in a pattern. And when we're not aware of it, hmm, then we're not intentional in the results that we're getting. So the success pattern show is interviewing highly successful people that are already and have achieved the success that you might be looking for. And when you can encode the success, you can then decode it for your own life, for your own success, for your own results. And today I have like the um, the, the the most expert, if we can even say that, uh, but he is the, mo- the, the greatest expert when it comes to modeling, he's an expert modeler if that is a word and it is a word because i just said it um we as humans are hardwired for hands-on learning from living teachers and he is a living breathing teacher he has um gone through his own journey and really uh almost robbed himself of his own life after really tragic accident and made a decision after locking himself in his own uh, apartment for quite some time to turn it around. And he is an an author, he's an international speaker. He has put on incredibly big events um, with Richard Bandler and other incredible speakers. He is a speaker in his own right. He's an actor, you've seen him um, on screen he is the epitome of strategies. He's the epitome of success, laws, strategies, and success, um, success models. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I am so honored to have Rex Sykes with me. Rex, thank you for being here with me on this beautiful day.
1: Well, it is a beautiful day, and thank you. I hope I can live up to your introduction. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you already have forty plus years. I think you already have.
1: Well, very kind and very generous. Thank you so much. It's so good to be here.
0: Rex, you and I have a lot in common, and you and I have met um, on several occasions. And, and I, I feel better
1: off because I've met you on several occasions.
0: I agree. And <laughs> if you don't know Rex yet, you need to meet Rex, and he's brought a gift, and I'll share with you at the very end. Um, you know, you you have in the, what, in the 80s, put on great events and in the 90s, and you are, um, you are, you have introduced customized expert modeling and customized business consulting on the foundation of neurolinguistic programming. Is that right?
1: I'm not sure I understand the question. I've introduced it or...
0: So you you are training, you are um, executing, you're oh. implementing not in your own not only in your own life, but in yeah. organizations, yes, in yes. businesses.
1: Absolutely, and and we've done both public seminars, which are available to the public to come in, as well as in, behind the scenes in corporate and private events. Yeah, absolutely.
0: So you go back what forty years in that field?
1: Well, at least I mean <laughs> I. I I, I started looking into all this stuff I, literally at the at, at the age of six, you know, when I asked my mom to read me books that we had around the house, that was the Bhagavad Gita, Khalil Gibran, Napoleon Hill, and, and other stuff, and by the age of 11, um, I, I was reading them on my own, but uh, my dentist was a hypnotist, and my father took me to see a stage hypnotist, and so I asked both of them to, to help train me, you know, and so I got into hypnosis, and science of the mind, and new thought, and... All that sort of stuff, and discovered neurolinguistic programming as an actor, you know, in Hollywood. But prior to discovering NLP, and it was in its infancy uh, when I discovered it, um, my acting coach actually knew more about NLP than a lot of the early NLPers apparently did. And I had met her six or seven or eight years prior to that, and had benefited from her uh, her knowledge and expertise, which just blew me away when 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 we started, you know, researching NLP and doing NLP.
0: So, is and and now you're we're going down a rabbit hole. Is the Meisner method or the method acting connected to NLP?
1: No, no, not no. I mean, you can you can certainly apply it. You see correlations. I mean, if you if you actually study any prehistory to to neurolinguistic programming, you can find almost all of the patterns and all the submodalities, the representational systems in the early work of of new thought and science of the mind. Leaders, people who are obscure as well as some who are 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 more better known and uh and acting what what meisner or stanislavski or strasberg or other coaches have have done is understood that in order to represent or represent something and to get a real sense of what it is uh you need to use this the senses to recreate that so in some of the exercises for example you know you might be um Early early ones would be, say, imagine a coffee cup, you know, visually created in your head. What does it look like? What does it feel like? Where do, you, where do you notice it when you lift it? What's it like when you sip it? So that you're not miming it, you're not going like that, but as if you actually had, where does the light reflect off the coffee? Is, there, is it cream or black? You have to make some decisions. So it was working with the senses and then learning how to bring those back when you needed it. Now, the difference between most of the method actors was that you You conditioned the process uh, of doing this. What the difference was with my acting coach, Lillian, was she said, you want an on and off switch. You don't want to have to be Abraham Lincoln for six months on the set and at lunch having people call you, yes, Mr. Lincoln, in order to be in character. When, you, when they say action, you need to have a way of getting into character. When they say cut, getting out of it, which we know is anchoring. And so that plus a lot of the representational system stuff was stuff that she understood um, as an actress. And um, that, that later, you know, we bumped into a neurolinguistic programming, program and I was like, Oh my God, Lillian knew all this stuff, you know, 10 years before it.
0: And, and it's so powerful when we know, not just know it, because I think you and I have met many people that have learned or read about NLP, but are not implementing it. They might have watched a YouTube video or they might have, um, you know, watched someone else um, performing NLP. But at the core, it is our meta program of our communication. It's the meta program of our being. It's the meta program of how we, how we are, how we, the things that we do and do not do, the things that we say and do not say, the things that you know how we show up and how we not show up, um, and when we're not a- aware of it, we cannot intentionally do it.
1: Well, everybody knows how to cook, mm-hmm. but not everybody cooks. <laughs> you know what I mean, I, and by that, I mean, they, they know that they could go to a recipe book and follow it and they could try that, or they could get there, they've watched people cook, they know about cooking, but that's not the same as actually making a meal in the same way that you can read a book about ri- bike riding, but have never ridden a bike. And they, and when they do brain research, as you know, and they, and they say here, read about riding a bike. And then they hook you up to the same thing while you're riding Like different parts of the brain light up. It's not, it's not the same. And in fact, I've, I've maintained for a long time that the most dangerous words in our language or any language is as uh, I know that I got that because the second we utter those words, we're, we're making yeah. blanket statements about a whole lot of stuff. I mean, I, I've been doing this stuff for really about 55 years and 40, 40 years of it I've been doing, you know, the, the, what we've been talking about. And I don't know everything. I mean, you know, it, it, and so if I say, oh, I got that or I know that, I'm immediately, I'm kind of just shutting down the opportunity to have anything else come in. And I would watch people come into my workshops. I I, re, I didn't want to write a book for a long time because people come into my workshops, and I I was convinced to release audio programs at the time because they were like, well, at least give people a, a taste. And I went, well, that's a little bit more experiential than a book. So I was, and then videos, of course, came out at the time. But people would come in, and you could watch them, you know, go. I heard that on the tape. I saw that on the video. I oh, you know, and they, all they were doing was looking for a match for what, you know, like, as if that meant something. And while it was nice that they were excited by it, it doesn't it doesn't do anything for them, you know, so it, it would be much more uh, useful if, if instead of getting excited about having heard something and going, oh, I knew that, and it, it would be to stay open and stay available and be committed to the learning process. And in fact, the gift that, that you're going to be giving is, is about how we use our whole brain to learn and to master our thoughts, our feelings, our emotions, and our behaviors by, by a process. It's a process that I've used in training and, and elsewhere, but it, it is because, uh, you, you know, the, 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 well, unconscious incompetence, unconscious competence, this, this description of how we go through things. Um, if unconscious incompetence, is you don't know that you don't know and unconscious conscious. Incompetence is you know that you don't know. So, one time you didn't know about riding a bike, then you do know you can't ride a bike. Then, conscious competence is when you try and ride the bike. And then, unconscious competence is when it's become a habit and it's reliable and automatic and everything else. People don't understand it, that the conscious competent phase is the largest phase in all of that. Yeah. So, if you want to be an athlete who uses muscle memory in order to perform, because they don't consciously try to win a race at the time, they, they have that intention. But it's their subconscious, their unconscious, their other than conscious, whatever you want to call it. It's their muscle memory that takes over when they have to perform. And they spend four years or more, in fact, their entire lives conditioning themselves to perform for maybe 30 seconds or less in some cases. I mean, they're training, they're preparing, they're getting ready. That is, they're wiring it in at a neurological level, but they have to start consciously consciously. And they have to right. make the adjustments, get feedback, get coaching. And everybody knows the value of having a good coach. So this process is the one that a lot of people want to skip over. They want to do the shortcuts. They want the hacks. They want the magic wand. They want to have the benefits, but they don't want to have to put in the, the effort. And if you plant a seed, you have to wait. You have to nurture it. And then you can harvest it. It's the same same thing with getting good at anything. So lastly, Consistently. let me ask a question. You know, I mean, hypnosis is wonderful and NLP is wonderful and all this stuff is wonderful. But would you go to a a heart surgeon or a brain surgeon who said I I became a heart and brain surgeon because someone put me in a chair and told me through hypnosis that I was a breast heart surgeon or, or brain brain surgeon in the world? I wouldn't. I want to go to the person who's actually done some brain surgery or heart surgery prior to that and has a good success record, which means they actually have to do it. If hypnosis, which is a wonderful adjunct, all of this stuff we're talking about is a wonderful adjunct to what it is that we can do. But you still have to do it. You know, if if you if you're doing it and you're doing hypnosis, fantastic. But if you're thinking you're just going to do it with hypnosis, it, it's not going to happen. And and people have people have been sold this. this I, I'm going to say something. I hope I know you want to say it. Wanna, There are a lot of a lot of thought leaders out there right now, trainers, presenters, speakers, authors who have got it wrong. Somebody is FaceTiming me at this moment. And so,
0: someone, someone is calling. I don't know. Maybe it's an opportunity, Rex.
1: I, I, it's amazing. My dog is barking <laughs> and somebody's somebody's trying to FaceTime me. And I, oh, I see who it is. Okay, um, so the um, the point is they get it wrong. Hi, Bailey, come here. They get it wrong. What they do is they follow the system of saying, hey, you can have any shiny object that you want if you just hard, work hard enough and struggle and sacrifice and risk and do all these things. But what they miss is that, you know, come here, Bailey, come here. In order to have something, they need to be it first. You be it and then you do it and then you can have it. So if you transform yourself to be the kind of person for whom something is easy by, by putting in, putting in a, an adequate amount of effort. a reasonable amount of time then you can you can become more of who you want to be so that you can do the kinds of things that allow you to have what you want to have and they just put the cart before the horse they get people attracted to shiny objects what they could have or what they need or what they want and then they give them this thing of just work and struggle and and 10 times this and 10 times that and and break through boards and do all these things and and what they miss is the fact that the brain works by least energy and the law of conservation. It streamlines, it's about neurological wiring. It's about the patterns the habits, what you're talking about. And the, you have successful patterns that do things that you don't want consciously. And then you have successful patterns that you do want. And knowing the difference and being able to to direct it is what, what it's truly about. And that's what most people miss.
0: That is that is powerful on all, all in itself, right? Because we all are conditioned on our patterns. Most of us, you know, walk through life not even knowing that A, there are patterns and B, that they are conditioned, right? Because you often hear, I'm pretty sure you have encountered this as as often as I have, probably a lot more often than I have. Um, Oh, NLP, it's, you know, it's it's about programming. Well, guys, you all have been programmed. You know, you just don't know it. (laughs) TV programs. And
1: it's ongoing.
0: It's ongoing, I mean, advertisement, what is it? It's anchoring, it's it's uh, suggesting that you need to have whatever it is that they are offering, and you have been programmed, and you just don't know it. And that's the interesting part. But as I said in the introduction, where there is an encode, there is, or where there's a decode, there's an encode, and where there's an encode, there's a decode. So being aware of what's going on and then, Taking inventory, deciphering, and perhaps changing elements in it uh, makes you a creates a better model and creates a better pattern uh, to to follow. So, I heard in the beginning, and I'm fascinated by it, that you were so young. You're six years old at age 11. You're you know getting getting trained. Where? was it the environment? And as Buckminster Fuller said, you know, environment is stronger than willpower. Was it the environment that you grew up? Was it something specific in your early lives? Well,
1: yeah. I mean, I grew up pretty normal. I mean, but a weird kid that didn't consider himself normal, you know, felt kind of like an outcast, but my parents put me into dance class and acrobatics when I was three and acting when I was four, not ever, not ever wishing that I'd have anything to do with either of those, but just this way. Then they gave me piano lessons when I was six and I, and uh and i was uh, sent to parochial school and i hated it i hated parochial school and we had to go to mass every morning in those days and the priest i always thought there was this pomp and circumstance the mass was in latin we couldn't understand it and all this incense and stuff and the priest seemed you know pious and godly and i thought He's, this guy's this guy has got a connection i'd like that connection and so i wanted to be a mystic so in my life i've, I've managed to be a mystic and an actor. Uh, both which would have fried my parents. But the, uh, um, so there were, there were books around the house and because I, I guess because of the parochial school, that is because w- I have no explanation other than I've always been, seemed to have been pulled to um, a higher purpose or, uh, or that there might be a, a something else out there besides what we see through our five senses. Um, and then, and then through plenty of different, you know, disappointment, tragedy and, and, and everything in my life now what i what i have come to learn through all of it and why i wrote my book life on your terms is because i wanted to to be able to simply present to people the kinds of things that we're talking about make it very very simple because oftentimes it's it's very complex too many steps too many things to remember and and yeah you can remember some very simple things and you can remember three or four or five items and that's all you really need and when it comes to personal transformation, truly it, it's, a, it's a lot easier than most people think it is or, or understand it, but that's because they don't understand and they don't actually try it. But um, to, to address your point, we are conditioned from birth on, in the womb, in fact. And you might argue, some will argue that you're conditioned even before that, or that as a spirit being you chose the birth or you chose your parents, well, let's leave that aside for now. But we show up with uh, some genetic baggage perhaps you know, genes that are more now we learn are more influenced or turned on or off by the environment and, and what's going on. But at any rate, we come into this world and from zero to about two, we're in the delta phase of the brainwave stage. And from two to about six or seven, we're in theta. And, and then we start producing alpha more regularly and, and, then, and then beta. Uh, in fact, you know, an argument about, you know, ADHD and kids that are hyperactive is that they're stuck in alpha, that they're producing too much mm-hmm. alpha and so they use you know hyperactivity as a man a way to get back into beta and of course what what is what is our our people do they they tend to medicate them so that they go are controllable but it's really about brain waves more than anything else but at any rate um so this is why aristotle said you show me a seven-year-old child and i'll show you the adult this is why most personality theories say that hey your personality is pretty much what it's going to be for the rest of your life by the time you're seven years old. It's why the age of accountability in, in, in evangelical Christian circles in some places also say that at seven, you can decide for or against God. You have enough presence of conscious mind to do that, whether it, whether it is true or not. But the point is, is that the conditioning process that started when you were young, albeit by well-intentioned people and not so well-intentioned people in media and peers and school and everything else continues to go on. And it is so close to us that we don't notice it because it's neurologically wired and so it becomes our mental our feeling our behavioral our speech patterns our, our habits and if you have a habit like biting your nails and you suddenly find yourself with your hand in your mouth it means that something triggered it or something instituted it and you went with it and then you went oh i shouldn't be doing this if you do or sometimes you know hours go by kind of thing so the, the point is is that we can learn we can recondition ourselves but you need to really recondition yourself similarly to the way a bodybuilder would condition themselves. You don't, you, know, you don't just wave a wand. There are some approaches in neurolinguistic programming that are very useful for very specific things and others for more generative things. But ideally, if you wanted to learn to juggle, you just have to pick up a ball and start juggling. and that's. How oh my you...
0: gosh, say that again, please, for everyone to hear.
1: <laughs> I've been teaching juggling in my workshops for that very reason. If you want to learn to juggle, you have to pick up some balls and juggle. Now, you also need to know this, that dropping balls is part of juggling. That's why I always Mm -hmm. recommend they get these square balls instead of the round balls. So you don't have to chase them unless you need the extra exercise, (laughs) but you juggle and, and you'll drop balls in it. But the more that you do it, the better you get, the better you get, the easier it gets, the easier it gets, the better you get. And after a while you get pretty good at juggling, you know, and if you decide I want to go further with this, you can go further with this. the same with golf or piano or sewing or cooking or any reading and writing or whatever it is that you want to do. You know you you wire in the skill and then that becomes a, a skill that you can use so with the conditioning that we got as a child some of it serve here's here's the thing that i tell people and they just don't get it is in my book uh, chapter three yep, I think on your terms. there's no such thing as self-sabotage your brain only works in one direction your brain only says yes and it serves to keep you alive or to have you thrive it's the only two things meaning to replicate so it only has two things that it does and it's streamlined It uses the least amount of effort or the law of conservation in order to do that. So that's why you have habits. So you don't have to learn to do things over and over again. You do them and you do them reliably and automatically because that's what the brain learned to do. Then the conscious person comes along and goes, I sabotage myself. I want to do this, but I keep doing that. No, you're doing exactly what you were conditioned or learned or to do. You just now have decided you want to do something else and you're up against the machinery which only knows one thing, and that's I have, if, if you smoke or drink or overeat or bite your nails, that's what it learned to do. So it's going to continue to do that until you recondition it or train it to do something else, and there are ways to do that, and, and yet it is just like planting a seed. It's going to take a little bit of time. There's going to be a conditioning process, and, but the payoff is incredible because instead of going – I do this as dog sugar diamonds. Excuse my language. But if you find yourself going to dog crap a lot and you want to go to diamonds, it's a choice. And you can choose and you can steer yourself. But you, but you train your brain the same way the brain was originally conditioned.
0: When you tell that to people that it's a choice, do they get pissed off?
1: Yes, of course they do. Because, they, because part of our conditioning is it's someone else's fault, whether it's God, the universe, or whatever. I'm an atheist or I'm a believer, whatever their religion is, you know, that kind of thing. Or it's the government or it's religion or it's the weather or it's the banks or it's my spouse or my children or my parents is somebody other than me and so you say hey you know if you were to take 100 percent responsibility for your life do you know your life would change you go yes but i'm not responsible for everything but well let's pretend that you are let's and that's one of the things that i do like about nlp we're not claiming anything is necessarily true but let's try it on let's call it a useful lie So let's assume that you could be 100% responsible for your life. What choices would you make that are different than the ones currently going on? And if you were to do those things, 100% responsible, how might your life change? And you can get them to begin to entertain that as opposed to just, that's why I know that. When they say, no, 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 I'm not responsible, but what are they telling you? They're saying, I know differently. They're using those same words. I know that the truth is not what you say it is. I know that can't be possible. I know, and so they shut right down. It's sure. okay to be skeptical and open-minded. That's great, be skeptical and open but not, don't be cynical and closed-minded.
0: How do you question the status quo? Like if someone presents something as the ultimate truth, how do you question that?
1: Based on what purpose?
0: Well, based on any purpose that you have in the moment, like we, well, there's a pattern to questioning the status quo, isn't there? Well, yeah, but
1: I, I guess what I'm saying is there's some things I just let go. I mean, if it doesn't, you know, Aha. I just, it doesn't, if you want to, if somebody wants to believe something, I suppose if they were handcuffing me and taking me away and putting me, I might have some questions, you know, but questioning the status quo, but what I'm getting at is, if somebody's expressing their opinion about what something is or, somebody of authority in a particular field or something, express opinion, Um, the most difficult thing to find, and and here's where people may disagree, is actual accurate information. Everybody has opinions. I have opinions, experts have opinions, everybody has opinions. Government has opinions, religions have opinions. It's more difficult to actually get the accurate facts out of things. And what are facts? Facts are things that are independent of opinions. But if you're in a court of law, for example, a fact or what we call evidence is disputed by the parties. This party will say, well, what the evidence will show, and this party says, no, but the evidence shows is this. So the independent of opinion, you know, uh, th- that's how we interpret facts. So I go, okay, so you have an opinion. It's different. That's great. I mean. I-
0: so there's a choice again. Uh, there's a choice of you questioning the status quo, or or just leaving it and go. Okay, if that's what you want to believe, then that's what you want to believe. It, well, if it's an uphill battle, then you know, forget it. Well,
1: what I'm saying is, if I'm on social media and somebody says something like, well, "How does that going to make my life more enjoyable if I get involved with this?" But if somebody's in a training program or I'm working in a corporation or, consult- and it's something that would benefit them, you know, by by having the opportunity of exploring different possibilities and just going down one. One particular pathway. Then you know, I might ask them questions to say, "Well, what would be different if we did this, if we thought about this differently?" And and it's always got to be an invitation because people, you know, so, you know I invite you to take 100 percent responsibility. You know, and I don't always say that. I say you must take 100. And people are, "No, no, 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 no." I can say I invite you to take it, and they go, "No, no, no, no." But there's a difference between. You know, something being offered and something, you know, or something being pushed on somebody. So,
0: yeah, or, 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 um, commanded almost. Right. Or, right. Yeah, commanded. Um, so there's an ecology that we can choose. I mean, it's an ecological consideration. Do I want to fight that? If it's a battle, do I want to get into that argument? If it is an argument, do I want to make my point or? I mean, with what outcome am I going to make? Well, let
1: let me put it to you this way. My children or my girl dogs, the girl dogs are with me, my children are in different parts of the country, but I would do anything positively and legally to help my kids to be better or if they had trouble or something, I would do anything I could. I, I would give them all my money. I would give them all my time, my energy or effort, whatever, and I have. I mean, you know, in order to help them because they're important to me and their family and i and i want them to thrive and i want them obviously to do better than me and live longer and have a fruitful life and everything else um but if it's somebody else do i want to go there and the answer is what kind of relationship do we have i mean another is if if i'm arguing with somebody at city hall you know you know what i mean i mean i want to live my life life is too short to get involved with things that aren't significant—that doesn't mean you can't be proactive and you can't go out and be an activist and you can't fight for what the rights of people and other. I'm, I'm saying absolutely, you can, and I do. But I'm just saying, uh, I, it's not worth it to me to get into a, a rabbit hole intellectual pursuit with somebody unless they they are going to benefit by it or unless they want it or they're paying me or something, you know, or or I'm paying them, you know, in order to to. Um, you know, if it's just, benefit, I may be yeah. missing, misunderstanding the question. No, no,
0: no, no. I, I love this because I think this is a, especially nowadays, a very valid topic of, because everyone has an opinion about everything and yes. everyone wants to be heard and everyone chimes in. I'm, I'm, I'm overgeneralizing, no. right? But it's, a, it's the world that we live in right now. Cause everyone also has a microphone.
1: And everybody I'm has so a phone senior. and they look at it more than they look at real people mm-hmm. i mean it, it truly truly if <laughs> it, it, it it is there's a meme going around it so, says, you know i grew up you know we came in when the street lights came on and we you know we ran out we played we played with sticks we got dirty we ate dirt you know we rode bikes we you know did these things and i'm like yeah you know and now so many kids are on their phone where everything is passive it's video well, uh, this, is, this is an important point. We've talked, uh, I've talked about this now for 40 years or more. When we write our name, and I know you know this, but when we write our name, there's an infinite amount of connections that can be made in the neocortex, you know, in the thinking cap. Uh, it's called brain writing. So the reason why you should always take notes and, and cursive and why they, they're mean. trying to eliminate it from school. But when you write, you don't always write the exact same way. You get tired or you do this or you get, you know, right? That's good. That's a good brain workout. So always, and and the people who are successful seem to know this the most. They don't use iPads and all these kinds of things. They take it on legal pads. They take notes. If you're writing a screenplay, yeah, type it on the computer. I get that. But the but but I know a friend who writes everything longhand and then gives it to somebody to type. But the but if you if you type, you only make eight repetitive movements, and they're consistent. So you only do eight. If you have an iPad, you you know, that you see the touch screen like that. If you do a texting, you know, you're probably like that. So the difference between the kind of neurological work, when, when uh, since I've had a phone, this is a confession, I used to have all of my numbers, all of my addresses, all of my appointments, everything I ever did in my head. I never kept the calendar, I never kept the book. Really? Uh, uh, yeah, and, said, and I and I fought for a long time not to have a phone. And once I got a phone and I got, and and, and I would travel, and I would tell people, you know, give me, you know, precise directions that I can follow. But I didn't want map quests, and I didn't want a GPS. But since I've relied on the phone, I don't know half—I don't know any phone numbers anymore. I mean, including my own, for the most part. I don't know, if, you know, uh, my calendar. If I don't live by the calendar, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, and that's—and no. that makes us dumber. <laughs> it, it dumbs mm-hmm. us down. It's a benefit. It's convenient, but we don't—we're not relying on ourselves the way we used to rely on ourselves. So as technology advances and, and makes it more and more, you know, uh, that we can do more and more things that we don't have to do or replaces humans. I mean, there's, there's some cause for alarm in that because uh, our educational system tends to dumb people down. Our government tends to dumb people down. Our religions tend to dumb people down. You know, people want people to say, OK, and, and accept the next object. Gene- I mean, and, and they and they got us. Right. I mean, every every couple of months, you get a new phone coming out from the same manufacturer. That you just bought the lace lace last, last latest model. Sorry, last latest model. And six months later, there's a new new one. And there are those people who have to have, you know, the next shiny object. And others who go, I'm yep. still working with an iPhone three or that kind of thing. You know, but but it is it is designed to part us with our money and to keep us compliant. And, to, you know, and, to, and it, that's a program. It is a program.
0: It's a program and that's why I asked the question earlier, how do you question the status quo? Because when you're able to question the status quo, you, you're actually able to take a step back in NLP, we call it disassociating, look at it from a different angle and say, do I, do I really need this phone? Do I, do I really need to go on a TikTok you know, yeah. rabbit hole or, or whatever it is? Well, do what I really do- need to buy into what the politician says?
1: Well, what people don't understand is it is a choice, dog crap or diamonds. is always a choice. <laughs> there's an actual gap between these, between you know, uh, neurons in your brain. There's a, a literal gap. It's the, if a testable in terms of the amount of time it takes to go from here to there. There's a gap when you breathe. You don't just inhale, exhale. You actually stop. And your heart beats and then it rests and it beats and then it rests. You know, there's there's a there's a, there's there's some pauses in life. And what people need to do is pause sometimes and understand that they have the opportunity to make a choice. One of my own personal quotes is uh, exploration is a doorway to adventure and awareness. That again. Exploration is a doorway to adventure hmm. and awareness and curiosity are the keys that open that up. Now, here's the way, here's how I live my life, NLP or no NLP. It's important to set a destination or to have a goal. But the destination pales in comparison to the journey, mm. because you could die on the way to your goal—not you personally, but your person could die on the way to go. So it's the journey that's important. The journey is the adventure, and when you adventure, there's good things and not so good things. There's people that come and go. I mean, think about—you know—all the movies we watch, their adventures movie, shit happens, right? and it, and yet we love it just the same way like some people like roller coaster rides you know there's ups and downs there's all this stuff life happens to us in spite of whether we're aware of it or not and and there's no such thing as time except to the human you know we we think in terms of past present and future but to the universe it's just equal, always present which is true about your subconscious mind as well or your unconscious or other kind whatever you want to call it It doesn't think in terms of last year, 10 years ago. It doesn't care whether you're tall or short or black or white. It doesn't care if you bite your nails, over smoke or drink. It just does what it learned to do and it will keep doing it until it's reprogrammed, retrained to do something else. So you have a choice of either allowing and perpetuating that old programming, which you may not like and which does serve you, it serves to keep you alive and help you thrive at the very same time that it may, some of it may be less than glorious or debilitating. Uh, You can change it, but it's a choice so the question is: Is how do you want to live your life? How do you want a journey? I want the journey to be ecstatic. I want it to be blissful. I want it to be fun. I want it to be loving. And any challenge or any opportunity that comes along, that happens, like some something, like you get the letter in bad news. Some people let that letter of bad news take them down a rabbit hole of despair, fear, worry, anxiety, anger, or hate, and they wallow in it and they go down it. And you know, and we can talk about anchors and all that stuff. But the point is, is that another person has the opportunity to go wow, let's see where this goes. This will open me up to new things I never ever thought I would ever do. I always land on my feet. Things are good. I've had situations arise in my life that were devastating. And yet met some of the people who become lifelong friends. I've had changes or discovered things that I would never have otherwise known, you know, because they were not the, the normal kind of experience. So life is going on, whether you're living it, if you're, you know, so Enjoy it. That's why my book, I'll show it again, Life on Your Terms, Create the Life You Want, is because, and, and that's what I want to do in the book. I wanted to make it simple, easy, something you could do without having to remember and, and to be able to apply it without a whole lot of energy or effort. Because again, the universe doesn't, the universe works by the law of, of conservation, you know, at it, it least energy. So if somebody's telling you you have to struggle and you have to sacrifice and you have to risk and you have to do all this hard work, you could, and there are people who make it that way, you know, but you don't have to. The reason why Napoleon Hill said it's think and grow rich, not work hard and grow rich. Not saying you don't, have to, you don't have to do anything. There's action. I mean, that goes without saying. You think it and then you act it. Every human invention that's ever from the spoon to the computer always first began as a thought, and then it was translated into reality. If it just be, remained a thought, we wouldn't have a spoon or a computer. So action always follows it. That's that goes without saying, but how you do the action depends on who you are and whether you're joyful and grateful and and positive and optimist. And lastly, before I shut up here, um, optimism. Back when I started my work in the in the 70s and the 80s, there was I I got enamored with the placebo effect, and. And the placebo effect is different than the placebo. I mean, people know about a placebo, but the the effect is if you think something is going to be a benefit, it will be a benefit. That's whether it's a prayer, an amulet, a medicine that you take that's prescribed, or something that's an alternative, or waving a wand. If you believe it's going to help you, it can help you, all right? If you believe that it's not going to help you, a medicine or whatever, a treatment or predictor, it won't help you. Uh, Travis Air Force Base did a study that said attitude is the number one predictor for success. Attitude toward the treatment is the number one predictor for success of the treatment. That was uh, based on 157 cancer patients who were undergoing uh, treatment at the time. They determined attitude is the number one predictor for success. It's Mm. turned out that since those days, and since Bernie Siegel and Norman Cousins and the pioneers of those things, that attitude is the number one predictor for success in all areas of your life, whether it's romance, health, wealth, happiness—you name it. Because if you're optimistic, you're and positive, you're squirting the right brain chemicals that promote well-being and health. And when you're healthy and you have well-being, you make better decisions. You feel more like doing things. If you're stressed and you're releasing the hormones, you know that that debilitate. Your gut is affected. Your immune system is affected. Your heart is affected. Your blood pressure. So you're either dark shit or diamonds. You know you have to you have to choose reason why I say it that way is because people go, I don't know what to do. You go, choose. Do you, you want to keep doing what you're doing or do you want to do something different that gives you something else? I mean, it, it's, it's really a no-brainer.
0: I, everything that you say is so spot on, and I cannot wait to dive into life on your terms. Show again life on your terms. Live the life that you want. Now, everyone that goes and buys your book. Uh, life on your terms. Live the life that you want. Everyone that goes and buys your book, and they can buy the book right here, right? You can Rex buy it Sykes. at Amazon. Buy it at Amazon. hardcover.
1: This is a hardcover. They get the hardcover, cover. They they take their receipt code back to that website.
0: Okay, got it. So go ahead, buy the book on Amazon. Go to rexikes. slash book and type in your receipt number. And then uh, Rex, Rex's team, or Rex right. will sh- go ahead.
1: No, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I stepped on you. Uh, we unlock an online training that's valued at $497. Uh, absolutely free. It's a bonus. It's a gift to to go with the book. You know, once you have the book, and it's called the Mastery Loop. And it's literally when I started my work back in the 70s, even prior to NLP work, um, and then and then carried on. I created something called Mind Design. It had to do with what happened to me and something called Directed Questions. I developed the Attitude Activator. All of these things together. I run all my programs through that. So um, whether it's NLP, how to get people to do what you want, to uh, change your thoughts and transform your life. I mean, all of my programs go through Mind Design, which is about living happier, healthier, wealthier, and, and all the kinds of things that we've talked about. I wrote the book so that it would be a simple blueprint for what you can do that's easy, bite-sized, doesn't take a whole lot of extra effort. You don't have to, You don't have to change everything that you're doing in order to be able to do this. You can, in bite-sized components, get a lot of return on your investment. And by that I mean, if you if you want to change, you can massively, incredibly discover yourself changing in positive ways. And the mastery loop is how we learn, how the brain learns the steps that we actually go through. We do talk about unconscious incompetence to conscious uh, unconscious competence in that, but the, but the way we go through it, what the educational system doesn't do, and what you can do in order to wire these things in easily. So it's it's a it's a learning how to learn. And but not only learning how to learn, but how to transform your life so that you're more joyful, happy, healthy, wealthy, successful in all areas of your
0: life. And I think everyone wants that. So um, one last question. How do people get in touch with you, Rex?
1: Well, they can go through Rexykes.com and, and, and they can go support at RexSykes.com. I'm on Facebook right there. If you just look or you can just search me on Facebook, Rex Sykes. Or if you Google me, you know, by the way, uh, your search engine me, let's not just use one. But if you search engine me, you'll find uh, more about me, but also uh, different ways to get in touch with me. But uh, through my website or through Facebook, I'm, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Instagram and all those different things. The problem with some of these things is I get so many different requests from people and some of them are, are legitimate and some of them are not legitimate. Some of them are bots and some of this. It's very difficult to know, you know, unless somebody says, hey, I saw you on this. All right. You know, I'm a friend of Brigitte or something like that to know whether somebody ever be you know, wanting to communicate with, um, because enough, enough people so, are willing to sell me their body. So on the definitely,
0: definitely, definitely, definitely a success pattern show. So when you get yeah, in touch yeah, with exactly. Rex Sykes, rexsykes.com, find him on Facebook. Perfect. Rex, this has been, and I know we can continue this conversation like four days. This is okay. wonderful. You have so much knowledge to share. Um, I love every second of it. Thank you for sharing all of the nuggets. Guys, I sure hope that you took notes. You can also go back on the successpatternshow.com and re listen or go on YouTube and re listen to the interview today. Rex, thanks for taking the time. Um, love how you model to not work hard from your backyard with the dog. You're keeping it real. And I love that. So thank you for modeling that. Guys, tune in again next Tuesday, same time, same place. Thanks, Rex. Take care. Right, Ciao, you. everyone. Thank you.
1: Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for your viewers, and I really do appreciate this. It's so good to see you uh, this way, I can't wait until we're back together in person. And uh, and best to Christian and and everyone. And I just I love you and I miss you and and thank you for the opportunity.
0: It means a lot. Thanks. Thank you, Rex. Thanks, guys. Thank you for tuning in to The Success Pattern Show at www.thesuccesspatternshow.com. My name is Brigitte Hoofelet.